I said, what are we doing? She goes, taking pictures. Well, I said, well, I know that. Why are we taking pictures? I mean, you know, like Kroger receipt, Walgreens receipt, and this and that and so on. And she goes, well, Julie told me about this lady we work with. She told me about this app that if we take pictures of our receipts, then we will get money. You know, savings, coupons, you know, whatever. And, and there's, it's a good thing, right? But if you look behind it, you have to understand, and I'm not saying don't do it, because I think we should do it. I mean, especially, you know, gas, you know, as high as it is, diesel, groceries, everything. But understand that behind that is the vanity of the world that's wanting to see where you're shopping. And so all this money they're fixing to give you, no matter how much it is, you know, if it's $5, $10, and if you got zero in your pocket, 5 or $10 is a lot, right? How many of you have zero in your pocket? That's right. A lot of times I want that $5, especially if I ain't, yeah, there you go, especially if I don't have it. But understand the vanities of the world is here to do nothing but seek you out and destroy you. So what that app does is it finds out where you go. Because don't nobody want to waste a bunch of time sending you stuff that they know you ain't going to go and buy anyway. I mean, it'd be like sending me a bunch of coupons for Victoria's Secret. Last time I checked, Victoria's Secret didn't make no clothes for me. And if they did, probably nobody wanted to see it. But anyway, so what it does is it starts sending you things, ads. So then you begin to realize, well, dang, I, I need this, whether you need it or not. You didn't know you needed it until that app told you you needed it. Oh, and I just got $20, so it really don't cost me nothing. Just be careful that we don't get caught up in the vanities of the world to the point that we don't understand that there is a huge cost in it, and it sneaks up real quick. Verse number 12, or verse number 13. Now they got my glasses on. It said, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. I mean, everybody wonders and talks about the will of God. What has God got for me to do? We did it yesterday. It's serve. It's love. It's care for one another. Do things you don't want to do. But all for the glory of God. Don't get caught up in the vanities of the world because they sneak up real fast. Um, That's where I'll end today. But I will mention, because I about forgot about it. You know, it's, it's funny how when, when you get a word and you get in it and it's like, you know, you just go crazy. But I was told that, hey, this is a cookbook. Um, it's a new cookbook. It's got new recipes. I watch Jenny type these dudes up every night for hours and hours and hours. Seemed like for years. Um, $12, right? $12. Got Buku. Sale. Yes. And, you know, for the ones that are wondering, well, when are we going to start building when we get more money? I mean, it takes, I mean, diesel fuel's high, lumber's high. I mean, when's the last time you bought a two-before? They say high. But we're working toward all of this, and we're working toward it, and they say, why do we want to grow? So we can serve more. I mean, think about it. Think about the last time we ate here. And how crowded it was in here. And then, you know, half of this was filled up. Everything we do is about serving and serving God, right? Pastor. Amen. Good word this morning, brother. Appreciate that. Um, a couple other things that I've gotten written into my bulletin that I had was that. Um, so, one other little fundraiser that's not going to cost the church anything up front to start doing is we can sell bed sheets. And so I got packets coming in, and, you know, we'll do this. They make good Christmas presents. Um, and I'm not going to give the the price of them, because I'm not 100% sure right now, but 
So we'll end up making decent off of each set that's sold. Um, and we'll talk more about that Wednesday night in the classes and next Sunday. And we'll sell them for two or three weeks or so before Christmas. And then the guy told me we would have them in a couple of days after we put the order in. So, I mean, that's something else. And everything adds up, right? And it's not, we're not wanting, this is not to, well, y'all just want money from members in the church. No, we, this can go out from here. You see what I'm saying? It ain't just got to be here. Um, so, and also, one thing, Gabby had been looking up a lot of stuff um, for, for fundraiser ideas. And not just, and I, trust me, when my kids were in school and y'all's are too, I hate the word fundraiser. Always hated it. But, you know, we need to do, we, we do a lot of work. There's more we can do. And it's not all got to be stressful. Like this right here she looked up was a family photo day. Family comes and we'll have something set up for Christmas or whatever and pays 25 bucks, 20, 25 bucks and get their picture made as a family. You know, that's clear profit. It don't really cost us anything. Does that make sense? And, you know, they don't have to be just members in the church. We can, can move that over. And I've got a decent camera that would take nice pictures and we can set up and, and have a place to do that. So that's, that's another thing we're talking about doing. So anyway, every little thing we do, and like I said, we started having a meeting last week. Some of you were involved, and we'll get more on things we can do here at the church and the directions we need to go. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so I think that's all. One thing I do want to do, do we have any, any veterans in the building? Nobody? I know there is. He don't want to stand up. There's a couple. But I want to personally thank all the veterans. And so let's give them a hand this morning. Amen. Thank you all for your service, for what you do, and for what you've done. And, you know, we just pray, pray every day for our military and continue to do that, for the ones that are serving abroad and the ones that have served. And, and so it's, it's an honorable thing and it's a calling. And, and you know, we, we need that. We're, we're living free today because of that, right? Amen. Amen. Well, all right. I think I saw the announcements. Let's get ready to receive our offering this morning. Amen. Yeah. Amen. A few prayer requests as we as we start um, get ready to give this morning that Miss Pat Foster called this morning and said she wasn't feeling good dealing with some kidney infections. So remember her as we pray. Um, and then Corey Ingersoll and Courtney that come, Mark Taylor, um, her brother Joseph Taylor got taken to the hospital during the night for some blood pressure issues, some oxygen. So remember Joseph Taylor when we pray, uh, Miss. Miss Brenda Trimley texted and said she wasn't doing good this morning. So remember her. And then um, the twins, Bentley and Hunter, they've been off and on sick all week, past couple weeks, haven't they, Mark? So just remember, remember Hunter and Bentley and the whole Huddleston family, that whole group. Um, so anything else just now before we pray? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, you can. It does. <laughs> well, good. I am glad you're pleased. That's hard to do. <laughs> we were happy to do it, and uh, glad we. It was. There was a lot of stuff that got done yesterday in what a three-hour, three and a half-hour period, something like that. Well, he did, but I mean, he was. Yeah, I saw him leaving. I was headed to the church to get some some deck screws and. I was like, Where's Pat must be going to get something to eat. And I pulled up out there a little early, and he was, him and Cody's already out there with him, just going to town. So, but no, we do appreciate all the help and the young guys that come and help. That was really good for them to come and help. They really, and all of them worked hard too. No grumbling or complaining or anything. All right. Well, let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, again, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this time together that we can come and, and lift up and magnify your holy name and, and, and just, worship you this morning because that's what we're here for we're here for you and because of you father 
And God, we just thank you for, for your touch in each and everyone's life in here this morning, that we, we open up our hearts and lives this morning to receive what you have for us and not hold anything back, but God, because we know you see it all anyway, and that we let those things go, and, and we come clean, and we come to you as we need to. And Father, we just thank you that you're working and moving in lives. We, we lift up these needs to you right now, each one of these that need prayer for healing in their life, Father, Miss Pat and, and Joseph Taylor and Brenda Trembley and, and the, the, the Huddle family, Father, that you just touch and you move in their lives this morning, God. Bring health and healing as your word says, and God, we just speak that over them, and thank you, God, that we're going to see that done. Father, again, we, we just love you and we praise you. I ask that you just touch in the, as we go on in the service this morning, you with Brad this morning, that you just touch and you move in his life as he brings the word and that we re- open up and receive this morning. We pray for our country, our nation, Father, God, that you just... Um, you're with our leaders, Father, that they turn and look to you in our lives. And, and, Father, lead this nation as you would have them to, Father. We pray for Israel and that peace of Israel this morning, God, that you just move and touch in that whole situation. And be with our military, God, as they're out, you know, protecting this nation and keeping us free as we are. And we thank you, God, that you're working and you're touching, you're moving, watching over them. God, as we bring our tithes and offerings this morning, as your word says, in obedience to you, that you touch and you bless each and every one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, all right. Children, go to Children's Church this morning. Run out of here. Don't run over each other going, but just go. <laughs> they was. They ready to go. <laughs> all of our sound guys leave too, Cole. They just, they just run off, huh? Good thing I'm not moving around too much. I'll get over here and I'll blame Clay because he can't see me. Nobody up here running the camera. That's all right. All right. But again, it's good to have everybody this morning. I've, uh, I, as, as I say each and every time that these guys come up here, how honored uh, that I am and blessed that we are as a church and as me as a pastor to have these guys that the God's called the, to preach and, and gave that that to them in their life and that they submitted to that. And so, you know, I don't just take lightly whenever I ask one of these to come up here and preach. You know, it's because I felt it's God-given and God-directed that, hey, they got a word and they need to tell it. So so I asked Brad here a while back if he would preach today. So y'all give him a hand as he comes up here. Good morning. It's great to be in God's house this morning and uh, looking forward to this. Um, I've already had I've already had one call me this morning and uh, give me words of encouragement and uh, telling me they're praying for me, they love me and you know, it's just that's a really good feeling when you got people that you know care about you and they care about you on a on a spiritual level. Um, as, as brother Wayne was saying last week, you know, he could, he could feel the prayers of the church when they were, when, when he was in the hospital and going through what he was going through, he could feel the prayers coming through. And I've been there and I felt the same thing, brother. I know exactly what she's talking about and I teared up when he's talking about it because it's just a, a warm feeling of the spirit coming down and, and working in your life and, and letting you know that people love you, they care about you and. And, and brings peace to you. And it's, it's an amazing feeling. Um, this morning I've, I've, um, I've written down the title as, as, Who Does Your Conscience Belong To? Um, now there's a lot of different thoughts on this. Uh, there's even some that say, that, you know, conscience isn't a real thing. 
You're either a good person, you're a bad person, you're born that way, and that's all there is to it. Well, so let's start with, um, first thing is, what is a conscience? Okay, the definition is an inner feeling or voice viewed as acting as a guide to the rightness or wrongness of one's behavior. Okay, so um, it, it's, it's, it's a feeling or a voice inside of us that's telling us, okay, you probably shouldn't do this. This is not something you want to do. And Or, or there's a voice that says, hey, you know what? Go ahead and look at what you're looking at. Say what you was going to say. It, it's it's going to be okay. Just just do what you want to do. And you, we've all seen the little cartoons, right, where you've got the devil on this side and the angel on this, and, and they're warring back and forth with the person, trying to get them to come one way or the other. So the Greek meaning of conscience is shared knowledge. So, you know, there's a theory out there that, that you know, there is no conscience. And, and let me tell you now, the Holy Spirit coming into you, that's what's going to speak good things to you. That's the part of your conscience. That is your conscience of good things uh, when you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. It, it's the Holy Spirit coming down and trying to pull you to do the good things in life. Well, it, it says shared knowledge is a Greek meaning. So who shares it? Who shares it? If it's shared knowledge, who's sharing the knowledge? It's who you're listening to. The person sharing that knowledge with you, the Spirit, the the the, the whoever that's sharing this knowledge with you, is either of the devil or it's of God. There, there's two decisions you've got there, and you get to make them. Now, the difference is um, the person sharing this knowledge, you see, Satan doesn't want you to know um, the morally right side and the right thing to do. Satan doesn't want you to know there's an option. He doesn't want you to think there is another way out. He wants you to do the wrong things. He wants you to do the things that are going to get you further and further uh, where you don't need to be, and he don't want you to know that there. Hey, there's a way out right here. He don't want you to see that. But with God, God wants to give you the opportunity to know A and B. You can go this way. You can go this way. But it's your freedom of choice. It's a decision you're going to have to make as a person, as an individual, uh, whether you want to do the right thing or whether you do the wrong thing. God's not going to force any of us to do anything. He's going to put the opportunity there and let us make the decision. So in Romans 2, 14 through 16, and this brings up the question, you know, there, there's, some, there's theories out there that, like I said, there is no conscience. You just, life is life. Some people are going to do good. Some people are going to do bad. And, and that's all there is to it. But, Sorry about that. I got the eight ounce. This is for short-winded preachers. Uh, Mark gets the 16 ounce. I get the eight ounce. So Romans 2, 14 through 16, uh, completely blows that theory out of the water right off the bat. So it says, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do good things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts, accusing or else excusing them. And the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So that tells us right there, there is a conscience. Uh, Even before the law, the Gentiles who didn't have the law, there was a law within them because they knew right from wrong. They got to choose, I can do this or I can do this. I can go the right way, I can go the wrong way. They had that choice. And they could do things right or they could do things wrong. But they had that inner voice telling them, don't do this. So, um, and, and this scripture tells us that not only will God judge our actions, but He will also judge our motives and secrets one day. So, what might appear to be a good deed we do, that all depends on the motives of our heart when we do. Let's just let's just give a for instance. Just say there's a there's an elderly man here who everybody in the church knows is a multimillionaire, and he calls one day and he says, "Hey, I need I need you to help me out with some things. Can you come help me?" 
I go, it looks good, right? It looks like I'm doing the right thing. But if I'm on my way there thinking, man, this guy's loaded. He's needing me to do a little work for him. I bet I'll get a little money out of this deal. He might pad my pockets up a little bit before I leave. Well, all of a sudden, this good action I'm doing, my motives aren't right. So, so, so my, the Holy Spirit is not what's working through me. Satan is what's working through me because nothing evil is going to come from God. That good voice, that small, still voice inside of you telling you to do the good things, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. The one that's telling you to do wrong, that's never going to be the Holy Spirit. That's never going to be God. God is not going to try to get you to do things that are against His Word. So what we have to do is we have to learn how to cleanse our conscience. And... You might say, well, that, that's a lot easier said than done, and it, it really is. So how do we clean, cleanse our conscience? Um, let's read Romans 1, 18 through 32. And this is a lot of reading, so I'm going to go fast here. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who surpass the truth and unrighteousness, because what may be known of God's manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they will are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up unclean, gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even the women exchanged their natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burning their own lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind, to do things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, and deceit, evil-minded. Um, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedience to parents, undiscerning, untrusting, unworthy, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgivable, unmerciful who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Okay, that was a lot. But if we let Satan own our conscience, if we let Satan have victories in our life, it may start small. But it leads to those things we just talked about. Because the more we allow the wrong inner voice inside of us to control what we're doing, the easier it is to do those things. And the easier it becomes to do those things, the easier it becomes to do bigger things. You know, um, I came up a lot like Pat did. Had to learn everything the hard way. I know J.J. had some years that way too. Um, it's like everybody has always said marijuana was the gateway drug. It started off seeming like something harmless. You know, you're just going to smoke a little weed. All of a sudden, that wasn't enough anymore. Because that became easy to you, and it became okay to you, and um, it, it became something that you can deal with, and, and that, that doesn't bother you to do it. It doesn't convict you. Most of the time, that would lead to the next drug, and the next drug, and it was a chain effect. And that's what this is saying. It, it, it may start off something small. You may listen to that voice just on a few things in your life and do some things that you know aren't right. And that's going to make it easier for sin to become your life. 
So it says futile in their thoughts. Futile, and I hope I'm saying it right, okay? Futile is incapable of producing any useful results. That's what we just talked about. They became futile in their thoughts. They can no longer produce good things because they've let the darkness and the evil take over them. It's become such a habit to them now that they are incapable of producing good things. Now, does that mean they're done forever? They might as well just be done with life? No. And we're going to talk about that. It says their foolish hearts were darkened. Again, that's what we just talked about. Because of the sin in their life, their hearts have become hard and darkened. Now all they're hearing is that, that voice inside of them that's telling them to do wrong. That's telling them it's okay to do what they're doing. It, it's helping them to justify the sins they're living in now. So how do we cleanse our conscience? John 3, verses 3 through 8. Let's read right there. So the good news is, if this is the place you are in your life right now, 3, John 3, 3 through 8. There is a way out of this. Your life's not over. You're not done. It's not the end of the world. Um, you haven't lost all hope. But we're going to talk about this first because this is the first and most important thing you need to know about the Holy Spirit working in you opposed to Satan working in you. So this was, Nicodemus was, was asking Jesus himself some questions. He wanted to know that, you know, how are you doing these things unless God is with you? Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So, number one way out of this is, before you get saved, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, You've got two things going for you right now. One is the morally right things that, that that voice is speaking to you inside. That's what your parents taught you growing up or whoever your, your chaperones were. That's the voice you're hearing that's maybe trying to get you to lean to do good things. And you're hearing that voice of Satan that's trying to push you out. So a bad situation would be if you come up in a bad home, if you, if you didn't have a a loving parent or a guardian, and nobody was there to teach you good things, then the only thing you're hearing now is those bad voices telling you to do things you have no business doing. But there is hope. We can receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, and at that point the Holy Spirit can come into us, and now we have a voice of reckoning to tell us how to do things right, how to go about our life and live the way we should live, and, and how to get rid of the voice that's telling us to do other things by doing this over and over and repetitively. We have to keep our thoughts clean and our motives and actions have to be, like us, born of the Spirit. So in order, um, in order to try and, and control what's inside of us, the things that we're hearing, that voice we hear, we have to practice goodness. We have to stay in the goodness of God. We have to stay in His Word. We have to stay in prayer. We have to seek His face. And before you know it, all these bad voices you're hearing are going to get a little quieter and a little quieter and a little quieter because they know that, okay, we're trying and trying and we're being persistent, but we're not getting anywhere. James 4 and 7 tells us, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's what this is talking about. Satan is going to poke at you and he's going to prod at you and he's going to do everything in his power to make you go the wrong way. He's going to be that voice you hear that's saying, it's okay, it's okay. 
that, that voice when you're scrolling on your phone and you see some things you have no business looking at. He's that voice that's going to say, hey, keep looking. It's all right. Nobody can see that but you. Nobody knows you're looking at that right now. No, that's not okay. We've got to resist Him. And if we don't be persistent in resisting Him every time He comes about, then He's going to keep coming at us and coming at us until He takes us over. That's what He does. He's come to, he's come to d- destroy us. That's what He's here for, is to try to destroy each and every one of us. So it takes repetition, it takes persistence, and it takes constantly rebuking Satan. Look, there's been things in my life that, and I think most all y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes, in some situations, it seems absolutely hopeless to get Satan to leave you alone, doesn't it? I mean, it's the most aggravating thing in the world. And, and you might be thinking right now, well, look, you don't know what you're talking about because I don't want bad things in my mind, but they just keep coming. I try to rebuke Satan and tell him to leave me alone that I want things of God to be in my mind and I want to do the will of God. But Satan won't leave me alone. He won't stop. You haven't resisted long enough. It's hard sometimes. It's not hard that first time to resist him. But after the 15th, 16th, 17th, 20th, 100th time of resisting him over the same thing, and one day you get tired, don't you? And you get weak. Just remember that God's right there beside you. He'll help you get to that 101th time you resisted Him when He finally leaves you alone. Verse 8. When the wind blows where it, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Look, we know when the Spirit of God is talking to us, don't we? Sometimes we pretend like we don't, though, don't we? We hear what God's saying, but it's not what we want to hear. So we're like, yeah, I don't think that was God. That was something else. That's not what I want to hear. That's not God. Look, we can ignore it, but we know what the truth is. Sometimes what God wants us to do is not what we want to do. But that's where we got to use, we got to allow the Holy Spirit to work inside of us. We've got to let Jesus' work be done inside of us. God's will be done inside of us, whether it's something we want to do or not. Just like, like Pat was saying, you know, the world today, and it's all of us, it's not just one or two, it's not the people out there. It's, it's, it's easy to say, oh, no, that's my Saturday. I'm going to do what I want to on Saturday. I'm going to go to the lake, and I'm going to fish all day, and then I'm going to go home, and uh, when I'm done fishing, I'm going to watch football for the rest of the day. Oh, that's all fine and good, but we're not here for our purpose. We're here for God's purpose. And if there's someone in need, if there's someone, or one of our brothers and sisters need us for something, it's our priority over everything else we got going on right then to be there if we can. John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. It says, I will not leave you orphans. He said, I'm not going to leave you fatherless. So guess what? The, uh, this takes away the excuse of I didn't know because God's not going to leave us fatherless. He's going to tell you what's right and what's wrong. He's going to give that information to you, but it's up to you what you do with it from that point. He said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you without a, without a voice of reckoning. I'm not going to. I'm not going to leave you to figure this out for yourself. I'm going to be there to tell you what to do, and then whether or not you do that, that's on you. John sixteen, thirteen through However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of what is Mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are Mine. 
Therefore I say that he will take of mine and declare it to you. You know, we can't try to guide and direct the Spirit where we want it to go. We have to let us take it, take us where it wants us to go. Look, I've, I've been guilty of this a bunch of times in my life. It's not what I want, so I'm going to keep praying for what I want. It's not how I expected things to happen, so I'm going to keep praying for those things to happen. You know, I've told this story before. I, you know, I even had the guys that on Wednesday nights, you know, they were... They were praying for me. I was praying for me. I wanted this job where I could work at home, at home call center uh, for what I was already doing, but I'd be at home, wouldn't have to leave, be on my computer, on my headset. You know, that whole time is what I wanted. Who don't like the thought of just laying around in your pajamas and working when it's time to work and flipping the TV on during lunch break? And Well, so I got what I wanted. Here you go, it's yours. It took me all of about a day and a half to, what have I done? Oh my goodness. God, please get me out of this. And you know what he did? There was some suffering there. There was some some frustration and wanting to beat my head against the wall for what I had done and gotten out of. But he put me back where I needed to be. He made me an orphan. He was still my father. He was there because I knew what that voice inside of me was saying, but I tried to direct it instead of letting it direct me. You know, sometimes we'll get what we want and realize, you know what, I didn't want that after all. (laughs) Second Corinthians five, seventeen and eighteen. Isn't it amazing that there's so many scriptures that are dealing with the voices in our head and trying to discern the Spirit, good from bad, uh, the Holy Spirit from Satan trying to work and destroy our lives. There's so many scriptures there. And you know why that is? Because we're all human beings and we all know now and we've all experienced that, like we talked about earlier, Satan's not going to leave us alone. And God knew we were going to need a lot of instruction and a lot of help with this because it does get frustrating. How many of you, um, you've had kids that come and ask you something and your answer is no? And then they come and ask again, no. They come and ask again, I said no. Well, two things are going to happen. They're either going to total butt whooping. Or eventually you're going to get tired of arguing with them. You're like, go ahead, go on, do it. I'm tired of arguing with you. That's what we get as human beings too. We're the same way with, with when Satan's coming to us and coming to us. It's no, no, no to start with. And it's like, you know what, I'm tired of fighting it. Okay, whatever. So in verse 17 and 18, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, if the Spirit is leading our lives, and 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 our that inner voice and the Holy Spirit is telling us what to do now, is saying we're going to be a new creature. Uh, old things have passed away, right? So if I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to lead my life, that means my words are going to be pure, right? My language that comes out of my mouth is going to be pure. It's not going to be hateful. It's not going to be profanities. It's not going to be vulgar, perversion. The things that come out of my mouth, if I'm being led by the Holy Spirit, are going to be things of purity, things of God. I'm going to be sober, right? I'm going to be sober. If, if the Holy Spirit's leading my life, I'm not going to allow myself to do anything that's going to take my mind to another place where I can't be what I need to be for God. What if God is trying to uh, inspire me? What if He's trying to feed me the Word and, and something I need in my life? But I'm intoxicated so I can't understand what He's saying. Whether that be drugs, alcohol, pills, whatever. Maybe that brother or sister I've been praying for you know, they finally give me a call on the phone because they're tired of fighting. They're tired of fighting Satan. They want something different. And I answer the phone. Uh, hey, brother. 
How you doing? I'm drunk, right? I can't help nobody. We've got to keep our bodies and our minds and our spirits good with God so that when the time comes that we're ready. We don't have to say, come back to me tomorrow when, I'm, when I can talk to you or, or come back to me in a week or so when uh, you know, I'll be good then we can talk. We've got to be ready for God when that moment comes. I'm going to be loving if the Holy Spirit's leading me. I'm going to be loving. How many times do we go out in town? And I know y'all have all been there. Man, sometimes you go in somewhere like Walmart or whatever, especially during the holidays, and people are just so hateful, so rude. Running over you with their buggies, cutting you off, and just rolling their eyes if you're where they need to get on the, on the aisle. And We have to be a loving person. We have to be there and show other people that we can walk through daily life with a smile on our face and love in our heart. And only, only letting the Holy Spirit lead us is how we're going to do that. You know, we may still get angry, right? We're going to get angry. Husbands and wives, look, you're going to fight. You're going to argue. There's going to be things come up that you have disagreements on. Unless you're Mark. He's, I think he's the perfect husband. Uh, <laughs> but that's when you let the Holy Spirit redirect you. It's okay for me to get mad, right? The Bible even tells me, anger but sin not. So I can become angry about something, but that's when I need to sit down, step back, think about what's going on, and allow the Holy Spirit to tell me how to handle the situation. We may, we may have a knee-jerk reaction where we do something we shouldn't do, where, where we say something we shouldn't say, or, or yell, or scream, or, or get angry to the point where, you know what, I shouldn't have done that. But there's nothing wrong with stepping back, asking the Holy Spirit to guide you through the situation. What should I do? And then go back and correct the situation. We're human beings. We're going to mess up. But it's okay to step back, apologize, ask forgiveness, whatever needs to be done to make it right. In 1 Peter 1, 22 through 25, Since you have purified your souls in, obe- in obeying the truth through the, through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass and the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Let the Spirit guide you in the direction it wants to guide you. And love one another fervently. This is something we really have to work on. Look, it's so easy to get frustrated and and upset with people and and just go through the motions. We really have to work on loving each and every person around us the same way we would love ourselves, our children, our, our, our family. We've got to show the outside world love. We've got to show our Christian brothers and sisters love. Um, I've said before, and, and I'll probably say it a lot more times, I've this is the first place I've ever been, the first church I've ever been a part of where you, you can honestly feel the love in each and every person you come in contact with here. I've never been here and felt unloved. I've never been here and felt like I wasn't good enough, uh, like I needed some things. I, I needed to go away and work on some things and try to come back. Um, you know, it's just, you can see God working through the people here. And it's nothing that we've done. We just, I think we're all trying to be obedient to God's will in our life. And it shows when you do that. Be obedient to God's will and the Holy Spirit, and it'll shine through you. I can tell that each and every one of you think, think a lot of me, and I think a lot of each and every one of you. And i got to take that out of here so that these people I'm talking about in Walmart know that, okay, I also think a lot of you and you, you know, you almost ran over me with you buggy, but I still love you, okay? First Peter 2, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, 
hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word. Oh, I'm sorry, as newborn babies desire the uh, the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Look, the word of God, God's people, the goodness of God should be something you thirst for. It should be something you desire. It should be something you can't be satisfied unless you've got. Just like the newborn baby with milk. They have to have that milk to be satisfied. They have to have that milk to live and to, and, and to grow and to be nurtured. They have to have that milk. And they crave that milk because their body tells them, you need to crave this because you've got to have it for survival. We should be hungry and thirsty for the Word of God, just like that newborn is with that milk. We have to desire the Word of God in our life. We have to be in His Word. We have to be in prayer. We have to keep good things on our hearts, on our minds, and we have to live in the goodness of God. And we have to desire and be unsatisfied unless God is working in our lives. Romans 12, 2. I think we just, I'm pretty sure Mark just read this same chapter and verse last week or the week before. <laughs> hey, that's what we've said before. Look, this is the Word of God. And what do you do when you get done reading the Word of God? You read it five more times. I've, I've never learned to memorize anything this big by reading it one time. Romans 2 and 12. I'm sorry, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. If Satan can convince you um, to listen to the temptations that he puts on you every day. Um, he will conform you to this world. If you listen to those temptations and you fall into those temptations and you're doing things you know you have no business doing, you know they're not right and you do them anyway, Satan will have you conform to this world. Before you've even realized it's happened, you'll be conformed to the world. If you listen to the Spirit of God, you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind and you will do things differently. You'll stand out and you'll look different. You'll sound different. You'll be different from those around you if you're doing the will of God and what He's telling you to do. A spiritual transformation starts in the mind and in the heart. A spiritual transformation starts right here with what and right here. It's what we're thinking about, what where we want to be, what we want to be doing. And, and what it means to us in our lives. We've got to meditate on God's Word and let the Holy Spirit guide and shape our thoughts and behaviors. If you meditate on God's Word and you keep Him number one, you will see that you will begin to be shaped and formed into what He wants you to be. i got one more verse here and we're going to we'll end there. Second Corinthians 6. 16 through 18. I was sending Mark all these scriptures I had written down. And for a minute I was thinking I might just put all the above. <laughs> it just felt like a list this long. But it just you just keep going back and going back and going back to, 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 to ways God's trying to help us cope through each and every day. 2 Corinthians 6, 16-18 says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 
this right here is telling us we've got to depart from sin. Anything else is keeping the Holy Spirit from having complete control over our hearts, our minds, over our conscience. We've got to depart from those things. It's not always easy to give something up you've done for a long time, is it? But I can promise you one thing. I've made the walk before up here to ask forgiveness. And it don't seem easy. It don't seem like it's nothing I could do myself, and it's because it's not anything I could do myself. But once I've prayed right here, once I've prayed, and it doesn't have to be right here, but once I've prayed and, and, and truly asked for repentance, the effort there wasn't much effort that had to be put in after that point. God took care of so much of it for me that my thoughts were changed, my minds were changed, where I wanted to be at in life was changed, and all I had to do is come be obedient and ask forgiveness. That's all I had to do. But departing from anything that's going to make you stumble and make you get out of your uh, out of the will of God, sometimes that can also include people. We've got to be careful who we surround ourselves with. You know that's a hard thing to do sometimes. There's a lot of people that that I know you're probably thinking of somebody right now that that you love them and you want to be there for them and with them and you want to help them. But you know that it's a dangerous thing to do. Because if you're not careful, you'll be sucked right in. Now, we don't have to completely uh, isolate ourselves from a non-believer. But what we do have to make sure of is that there is zero compromise with their sinful practices. We cannot compromise what we know is right from wrong. It always starts with one small compromise. Listening to the wrong voice that one time. And before you know it, you're so far gone and you're so far away that you're thinking there's no way back. And that you're not good enough to come back. And, and that nobody's going to want you back. And God's not going to want you back. And all I can think about is that one lost sheep where it says He would leave the 99 to find the one. And then I think about the verse we just read where He's not going to leave me an orphan. He's going to be my father. It doesn't matter what I do. He's going to be my father. So what I'm asking you today is, if you haven't made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, and you're still fighting that voice inside of your head that's always telling you the wrong thing, today's the day of salvation. And today's the day you can have a good voice trying to lead you the right direction. If you've had that before and you've lost it, and you don't know where it's at anymore, it's a short walk right here to pray with somebody and, and ask him to, to tell him you want to rededicate your life to him. And from this point on, you want to make him proud and you want to do right for him. Then today's that day also.